Good afternoon and welcome to the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Candace Dirksen. Coming up this afternoon, CFA President Mary Robinson offers her thoughts following last week's Ag Leaders Debate. And Jill Tripp with the Boise Bay Morton Whitewater Grow Project recaps Saturday's harvest near Fairfax. The latest farm news and market numbers also coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. In 2021, Canadian farm operators are projected to produce more corn for grain, but less wheat, canola, barley, soybeans and oats than in 2020, according to Stats Canada's latest model-based principal field crop estimates report. Wheat production in Manitoba is projected to fall 35% to 3.4 million tonnes. Canola yield is expected to fall 21.3% to 32.6 bushels per acre and harvested area to edge up 0.1% to 3.4 million acres, resulting in a 21.1% production decrease. Soybean production is projected to decrease 22% to 950,000 tons. Harvested area is expected to increase 13.5% to 1.3 million acres. However, yields are projected to fall 31.4% year-over-year to 25.6 bushels per acre due to dry conditions in the province. Neil Townsend with FarmLink Marketing Solutions has more. The weather was a huge theme. I mean, this was a very, very tough year for many farmers across western Canada. Um, the Saskatchewan production numbers, which came out last week, were kind of eye-opening with very low you know, provincial yields. Um, those aren't maybe official, official numbers because it's just 200 crop scouts, but still, you know, there was some pretty dire conditions and it's really limited the production of key commodities in Western Canada. Uh, I guess, what about in Manitoba? Um, your thoughts on the numbers coming out for that province? Well, Manitoba is definitely, uh, you know, there are bad parts of Manitoba, but there's also some, you know, trend or even above trend parts of Manitoba. So, the numbers in Manitoba are, are not quite as, as bad. I mean, the Red River Valley uh, would have been, you know, south of Winnipeg, would have been maybe a little bit harder hit, uh, and also the Interlake area above Winnipeg. Um, and, you know, I, I can't speak to any particular farmer, so some farmers had okay crops and some farmers definitely suffered. But I think Manitoba, you know, isn't quite, Outside of a few regions of Manitoba, it's not as widespread difficulties as faced by sort of like the southern Alberta and and Saskatchewan in general. But there are bad parts of Manitoba. So, uh, but I think the good thing for Manitoba is that some farmers grow corn and soybeans, and they have definitely been improved by sort of the late season rain and the August rain. So. You know, they have slightly better uh, production prospects than maybe what we would have thought of on August 1st. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. And now for a look at your farm news. I'm Candace Dirksen. In 2021, Canadian farm operators are projected to produce more corn for grain, but less wheat, canola, barley, soybeans and oats than in 2020, according to Stats Canada's latest model-based principal field crop estimates report. Nationally, wheat production is projected to decrease 38.3% year-over-year to 21.7 million tonnes. 
Canola production is expected to fall 34.4% to 12.8 million tons this year as drought conditions on the prairies drove yields to their lowest level in a decade. Corn for grain production is projected to increase 5.9% to 14.4 million tons, with yields anticipated to rise 7.8% to 165.4 bushels per acre. Soybean production is projected to decrease 7.4% year-over-year to 5.9 million tons due to lower yields. Barley production is expected to fall 33.5% to 7.1 million tons. Oat production is projected to fall 43.6% to 2.6 million tons. We're in the middle of a federal election, and now is the best time for individual producers to influence policy. That from Cam Dahl, general manager of the Manitoba Pork Council. He's encouraging everyone involved in agriculture to engage with all of their local candidates leading up to Election Day. Now is the time when politicians are really listening. And if we want them to take agriculture issues with them when they go back to Ottawa, uh, we need to talk to them. And we need to show them how important this uh, industry is to to our province and, and, and our country. You know, in between elections, uh, people like me and other associations uh, talk to our elected officials on a regular basis. But now is the time when, when they, they are engaged with voters. And uh, there's, there's no time like an election where individual voices matter more. Dahl says this means attending local all-candidates forums and making agriculture the prominent focus of questions coming from the floor. And instead of avoiding candidates when they come door-knocking, Dahl encourages engaging with them on agricultural issues. That was a look at your farm news for today. I'm Candace Dirksen. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Tuesday, September 14th. I'm Candace Dirksen. Coming up today, CFA President Mary Robinson offers a recap of last week's Ag Leaders Debate. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture hosted the Agriculture Leaders Debate last week. The debate brought together national parties to question them on the pressing issues affecting Canadian agriculture today. Participants included Alistair McGregor of the NDP, the Bloc Québécois' Yves Perron, Dave Epp of the CPC, and the Liberals' Marie-Claude Bebo. CFA President Mary Robinson offered her thoughts following the event. Well, I think, Candace, it, it was, it, it felt like a great debate. You know, it was lively, but it was also respectful. And I think uh, the two moderators, uh, Sean Hooney and uh, Martin Menard, did a great job. They, you know, they set the tone for that respect and also that, that level of engagement. So really uh, would take a second to thank the sponsors. You know, we've had a great relationship with food, health, and consumer products. They continue to, to help us uh, host this debate, which I think is really important for Canadian farmers. to You know, it's our one real chance to get a glimpse into how each party uh, views their partnership, we like to say, with agriculture if they were to become government. So looking at it, there, there was nothing earth-shattering came out of it, but I think, you know, we, we, certainly, um, we certainly saw a lot of discussion 
about labor. Uh, we talked about value added, and, and we saw lots of interest in the part of, um, you know, we need greater local processing capacity. Uh, we discussed a grocery code of conduct, which I think is incredibly important, maybe not so much in the mind of, uh, of grain and oilseed farmers, but really, I think, for, for any part of agriculture that's kind of... Um, more focused on Canadian consumers. That's that's a certain, certainly a very important uh, piece of work that's in the pipe. Uh, environmental supports, uh, we did have good discussion there. Great to see recognition from three parties that exemptions are needed. Um, and I think in hindsight, it would have been better to have more discussion on trade. We did, we did discuss supply management. And you know, we we recognize that in Canada, supply management is, is necessary, and we think that we can continue to secure new markets without having to undermine that important uh, system and the controls that it offers, supply management supporting farm families across Canada. When we looked at the rapid-fire stuff, we covered a lot of ground there, um, and I think it was really important in rapid-fire that we had the takeaway that there was overwhelming support for what Bill C-208 embodies, which is, you know, incredibly important right now when we're at a time where the average age of farmers is over 55 and we see that transition kind of intergenerationally. And then moving forward, we talked about research and innovation and infrastructure and trade. And we did see the issue of mental health acknowledged. So, Considering how short the debate was, an hour and a half, I think we covered a lot of territory. There's even more to cover, but unfortunately, not everybody wants to watch a 10-hour debate. Just look at the diversity of the regions that we represent in Canada, and then when you take into account the nuances within each commodity uh, and the supply chain and, and the value of all of the components you know, from, from field to fork, uh, there is no end to what we could have discussed. Considering the things that were discussed during the debate, um, you know, anything that, that CFA really kind of keyed into and, uh, you know, might be really paying attention to, um, you know, when the new government is formed? I don't think we had a lot of surprises uh, so much that, that caused us concern or or created a lot of new opportunities for lobbying. I think we're pretty much locked in on what the issues are right now, and we've been working, you know, to build the the efforts around to to get us where we need to go for Canadian farmers. But I think something else that happened that day was the the national leaders debate. You know, outside mm-hmm. of agriculture, mainstream uh, national leaders debate and. We really got little or no attention agriculture um, in in that debate. So it really made it clear that there's a continued need for this kind of discussion, our debate. And um, we're really pleased to see the candidates that participated in our debate weighing in on substantive issues, you know, with with uh, a lot of eagerness. And I know there's uh, some agriculture organizations that are really calling on voters and all in the industry uh, to make a point of connecting with their local candidates uh, leading up to the election and really making agriculture kind of like front and center and, and really making sure that, you know, they're aware um, of the issues. I guess you would CFA maybe offer a similar uh, note uh, to uh, Canadians? Yes. 
Absolutely. And I don't know if you were aware of the Food for Thought campaign that we launched, launched during COVID. Did you catch any of that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that campaign, what we were really focused on, it was the largest campaign we've ever undertaken at CFA. And we focused in on urban areas because those of us that live in rural Canada know that the, the rural vote doesn't really carry the weight that the urban vote carries. But we also know that during COVID, uh, it was probably the first time in, in my life that uh, food insecurity was actually something a lot of people could kind of get a sense of. And we talked about people going to the grocery stores and seeing empty shelves. So there was an opportunity there to connect with urban Canadians. And that's what Food for Thought did. And we, we garnered a few thousand emails from people from urban areas uh, connected with us and said they wanted to stay in touch. So we're continuing to be in touch with those people and giving them some information and, and some of the key points that we think that they should be raising with their MPs because ultimately what we need is we need an awareness that, uh, for example, milk or potatoes don't just come from a shelf. They come from a farm and we rely on those farms being there for us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All right. Well, thanks for your time. Is there anything else that you would like to throw in there, Mary? I probably would love to mention that uh, the indications have been that this uh, this debate that we hosted last week is um, has been watched significantly more than any debate before in our history. Uh, and I think that's partly because we've had such great coverage, um, but we had a lot more watchers. So we, we always uh, record it. Mm-hmm. We recorded it in the afternoon, and then we aired it for later in the day. Okay. And that allows anybody at any point in time to just log on to the YouTube link and watch it. So, you know, if you're, if you're in the middle of harvest and you can't watch it, you can always watch it later. So we encourage people to still reach out, um, grab that YouTube link, which you'll find on the CFA Twitter feed or on our website, um, and uh, have a watch and see what you think of the candidate's response. It, it was really interesting and varied. Uh, to see the different angles of support. That was CFA President Mary Robinson. The federal election is Monday, September 20th. That's it for the Prairie Ag Wire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Candace Dirksen, and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. The Prairie Ag Wire will return Wednesday on the Golden West Farm Network. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon. The Boys of Ain Morton Whitewater Growing Project harvest took place Saturday just west of Fairfax. Spokesperson Jill Tripp said they had a good turnout. We were really happy to be able to have a community lunch. It was sponsored um, by Green Valley and by Viterra. And we had probably around 85 people show up to have lunch with us. So that was amazing. It was really nice to see everyone out and have everyone out to watch the combines. Um, We had a pretty good turnout for equipment, too. We ended up having eight combines, two grain carts, and 11 trucks uh, there at the harvest. So, yeah, it was a really great day. And how was the wheat crop? Uh, I guess at the end of the day, it's fundraiser. How was it uh, with what came off the field? We were really pleasantly surprised with how the wheat did. We we weren't quite sure what was still going to be out there, but... um, it yielded 56 and a half bushels an acre, um, and we were we weren't expecting that, and we were we are very thankful, um, yeah, that it yielded so well. 
How much do you expect to make for the Food Grains Bank with the straight crop itself and, I guess, matching dollars or, or four to one, whatever it is, from the government? This year, all of our acres were sponsored. So we met our fundraising goal, uh, which is $50 an acre. Um, so we're really happy to have met our fundraising goal this year. Um, in regards to how much we will be able to donate, we haven't actually done we haven't we haven't done all of our math yet. So I'm not quite sure what this year what we will be able to donate. But do you have a bo- we'll have a it'll be a good year. Uh, and the future of the project, Jill. I know it's been up at the Fairfax Field for a number of years. Is everybody happy with with how things are going with, uh, with the growing project? Yeah, we're really um, happy that we can use the same field up at Fairfax. Uh, Dell and Heather Fraser let us rent it every year, which we are really appreciative of. We're um, getting some more people up in the Fairfax area involved. Last year, we had some people come out for the first time to the harvest with equipment. Um, we had someone spray it this year, and it was his first time being involved in the project. So we, um, yeah, we're always open to having new people um, participate and, um, yeah, always happy to get new people on board. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. And now for a look at your farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are being held Tuesday evenings at 7 o'clock. These interactive webinars allow participants to view presentations as well as ask questions in real time. Pre-registration is required, so contact Melissa Atchison at 204-264-0294 or email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is available online. This is endorsed by the province of Manitoba and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. Set up for a successful harvest with Canada's Outdoor Farm Show happening as an online event tomorrow. For more information, visit outdoorfarmshow.com. And looking ahead, Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is holding an introduction to Holistic Management Mondays beginning October 4th and running until November 8th. These online sessions will be held from 6 to 7 p.m. Registration is required. And now for another look at your farm news. 16 finalists have been selected for the 2021-22 Cattlemen's Young Leaders Mentorship Program, a national youth initiative of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Spokesperson Jessica Ratto says they'll be paired with a hand-picked industry leader for a nine-month mentorship in their specific area of interest. Near the end of the month, we're going to be hosting calls with them where we're going to hear from them about you know, what specific area of their interest in the beef industry, what goals do they, do they have, what could a mentor help them achieve. And then with that information, we have a committee of program sponsors and various industry stakeholders that will do some brainstorming and come up with some ideas of who we could approach as different mentors and get to work on finding these young people a match. The finalists will also be awarded a $2,000 travel budget. The group was selected out of 23 semi-finalists. And the general manager of the Manitoba Pork Council is encouraging everyone involved in agriculture to engage with all of their local candidates leading up to Election Day. Cam Dahl says now is the best time for individual producers to influence policy. Some of it is as simple as is don't hide when you see a candidate coming to your door. I know that perhaps is, is the instinct, but engage with them in conversations and, and uh, uh, push them on the importance of, of our industry and ask them about some of the policies. I, I think also uh, most constituencies are going to be having all candidates meetings. So 
it would be good if those rooms were, were packed with farmers and that agriculture was, was the most prominent uh, set of questions coming from the floor. Dahl believes this will have an impact and make a significant impression on whoever is elected your local MP. That was your farm news for today. And we've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Candace Dirksen. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email at thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. I'm Candace Dirksen, and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. We'll meet you back here tomorrow at 12 o'clock.